Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny and I'm joined by some friends. We have James. Hello. We have Samuel. Hello. And we have Daniel. Holla holla. All right. And today we have a pretty special episode because I'm the one presenting. So that's pretty special. And is that what makes it special? (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But today we'll be talking about a famous heroine from Spanish history. Agustina de Aragon. And before we go on any further, I would like for the audience to pay attention to how I said hello today. Hala, hala, hala. Hola, get it? Like hola, so hola. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like hola, hola. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> got your bases covered there, man. You got them. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yes, yes. that's right. So Agustina de Aragon is a pretty famous person in Spain, actually. She's pretty uh, well known there. I think they have like some artworks of her and stuff. Her full name is actually uh, Agustina Raimunda Maria Saragossa y Domenech. I I don't know if I pronounced it completely right. Wow! Uh, I really wow. want to e- I want to edit some like intense Spanish music in the background when you say the name. <laughs> <laughs> intense Spanish music, like yeah, like rapping. How, like now, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Try say it again. Say it again, but like with a strong voice, without looking at your notes too. <laughs> no, I can't. I have to look at the notes, dude. It's. Agustina Raimunda Maria Saragossa y Domenech. Very nice. nice. <laughs> sure. 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 The music was great for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she's pretty famous in Spain. Uh, she was pretty influential in one particular battle, which I'm going to get into today, around the time of the Napoleonic Wars. So, you know, French people getting all frisky with the other nations. And that that's one way to describe yeah. it, I suppose. <laughs> that's not the way I would use, but you know. <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte looks down and says, let's get frisky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, it, it, you know it's, I know everybody knows this fact, but I always find it funny that people think that Napoleon was really short. And the jokes from the British were that he was extremely short. But the reason people thought he was short is because the inches and feet or you know whatever measurement system were was being used i think were different between europe or between uh france and england oh and so they mm. thought he was really short because they heard his height when in reality i think he was like like average height like yeah which is still shorter than today for for various reasons but he was like an average height heighted person i i feel like i've also heard that the british decided to run with it because of like propaganda things and putting <laughs> I mean, in newspapers i mean why not right like it, it works you know oh yeah, yeah. i'm sure yeah. i mean it's stuck <laughs> the best propaganda ad for centuries <laughs> honestly dude same it's same with like uh that carrots are good for your eyesight isn't that like a similar wartime propaganda that still is a thing today you Have know, you heard about that? Yeah, oh, dude, my mom before. would always tell me that growing up. Yeah, it's <laughs> is, that, because, is that not is that not real? Even no. Turkish culture got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it has to do with either World War One or World War Two. Uh, which yikes for mentioning that on the podcast, but anyway, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> gross. But it's like the the British propagated that because they had like better radar systems than the Nazis or some or whoever. If it was World War One, whoever, but they, they had uh, better radar and so that's how they were like shooting down these planes so accurately 
they didn't want the Germans to know that it was because of their radar. So they said, oh, it's because we're eating carrots and our eyes are so good. That's how we're able to shoot down all the planes. Are you serious? And the Germans said, I never knew about the carrots. Why is this? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I, need, I don't know. I need to call my mom. <laughs> well, maybe next episode we'll put her on air and you can have that confrontation <laughs> <laughs> in front of everyone yeah. anyway uh without further ado i'll go ahead and get into some of the history here some of the stories hello mom mom i heard you i heard you <laughs> heard you lied to me my whole childhood okay we all know your mom Apparently doesn't speak thing. like Come her in. first language is turkish so why are you speaking yeah, why, english yeah. oh, she doesn't it. speak english Bust. even i know hold on, hold on hold on okay i got it okay um, shalom <laughs> Call back to uh, whatever episode that was. From. I love how oh, you're my. embracing your stereotype. Like, <laughs> I know we are officially so far into the podcast that we now have inside jokes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, wow. there we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the story here. Uh, so I'll give you guys some background of uh, the the Napoleonic Wars. Actually, this was the uh, the Peninsular War which was the war for the Iberian Peninsula. So the Iberian Peninsula is Spain and Portugal. Uh, so it was a part where Napoleon was invading and taking, wanting to take over Portugal and Spain. And that was known as the Peninsular War. So this story takes place uh, in Spain during that time. So here's what happened. In 1807... Spain and France were actually allies. So Spain was allied with Napoleon. And they had the Treaty of Fontainebleau, uh, which pretty much was like, hey, let's get together and invade Portugal. So Spain and France buddy up. They start invading Portugal. Then in 1808, in, in March of 1808, Napoleon was like, yeah, the Treaty of Fontainebleau doesn't really apply to me anymore, so I'm just going to go ahead and take over Spain, too. <laughs> Crisscross! <laughs> yeah. Was was this the event that led the Portuguese court to move to Brazil? We talked about that earlier before you began the episode, but do you I, know if that... I don't know if this was that exactly. Okay, uh, interesting. But this was when France had started Did you guys talk them, about yeah. the stuff outside of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just sit around and we're like, hey, so whatever happened to, to the Portuguese? Uh, yeah, Portuguese <laughs> court, moved, court to moved to Brazil. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly, but... What I am confused about is why all of these like head emperors always tend to break their own treaties. That's yeah, my know, question for history. It's, uh, you know, it's power corrupts, man. That's what they say. I guess so. It's like, they, they're they always like, yeah, we'll do, we'll we'll have this treaty, but, uh, you know, we're gonna, I, I just want more power. So whatever gets me more power, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously one of the main ones being Hitler turning on Stalin, which World Betrayal. War II, so we won't talk about that. But <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Yeah, what, what are you talking about, dude? What, what? But anyway, so Napoleon uh, turns on the Spanish and starts to... Well, it, it was really weird how it happened, actually. So the Spanish didn't really know what to do because a lot of the soldiers hadn't been informed that France was now actually invading Spain. And so they just saw all these French soldiers everywhere and they were like, oh yeah, we're allied with them. Oh, and so, no, no. So like oh, some no. some of the citadels just like opened up their gates for them and like, but other ones, other ones actually tried to resist. So it was really confusing for the Spanish. <laughs> I can imagine they're outside the citadel and they say, we are here to help you. And the guy goes, 
you, wait, wait. Help? I'm confused. Why are you taking my city? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great accents, dude. <laughs> yeah. Jump between the French and Spanish accents. Yeah, that's nice. But anyway, so it was really confusing. And, um, but, so th- this was in March, right? So Napoleon tries to make his brother, Joseph Bonaparte, the new king of Spain. He sets him on mm-hmm. the throne. And technically, the Spanish government said, yeah, okay, because they didn't really, they, they didn't know how to resist Napoleon after this whole confusing time. So they technically agreed to have Joseph Bonaparte be their king. Hmm. But May 2nd, 1808, that's actually a very important date in Spanish history. It's known as Dos de Mayo, which is just May 2nd, because it is when these revolts started happening against the French. Mm. It started in Madrid. There started to be a revolt against the uh, French invasion in Madrid, and it sparked other revolts in other towns as well. Uh, So by late May... Uh, the Spanish in Zaragoza, which was another town, had raised troops and had tried to uh, have an uprising there as well. This was like the first wave of uprisings. Mm. Hmm. Um, so Napoleon hears about uh, some of these towns in Spain are given some trouble. So what do we do? And Napoleon was just like, ah, this isn't like that big a deal. Like it's just these small towns. So just send some some troops over there. Try to quell it. <laughs> Tell them we are their allies again. <laughs> <laughs> it worked last time. It worked this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he sends some troops and he sends a general named Charles Lefrev de Nuit. Nice. Uh, wow. Beautiful. Which I also don't know if I'm pronouncing that right either. Uh, <laughs> it's a really weird name. We're going to get some, like, hate mail from some French listener. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you butchered my language. I think more than Suckling. Johnny's mispronunciation of the name, they would hate your, your <laughs> accent. Yeah, that I, you know. I think we the lost French them right within now. the first, like, two or three minutes of this episode. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, so the French send General Charles Lefrev de Nuet to quell the uprising in, in Zaragoza. And... The Spanish in Zaragoza had raised troops and they appointed General Jose de Palafox to lead them. Uh, now, it's kind of weird, like sources kind of differ about, about how many troops actually were raised. So I believe in the whole area of Aragon, there was 11,000 troops raised. But some sources say there were only a few hundred in the city of Zaragoza itself. But again, you know, it's hard to actually pinpoint the the number there. Some people say that there were barely any. Some people say that there were a lot. So, you know, Uh, but the French, when they arrived, they came with 5,000 infantry and Mm. 1,000 cavalry. Uh, So they had 6,000 total uh, to come and try to quell this uprising. And when they were actually coming on the way, Palafox tried to send troops to stop them, but all the troops were defeated and they the French kept coming towards them. So they knew for a while, like, this is coming, this is coming, and it kind mm-hmm. of instilled a lot of, a lot of terror in the Spanish uh, in the city after their uprising. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, just imagine, like, no, knowing that an army is coming your way and you've sent troops to, right. to try to defeat that and that... Oh my gosh, just being a citizen in that village, that's just a terrifying prospect. That's not a fun place to be. Right. Yeah, so the French do eventually arrive. 
Uh, and so interesting also, the French were allied with Poland and the Polish had sent troops as well. So there were French and Polish troops together. <gasps> Winged Hussars? <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but so they start, they both start sieging the city. Now, on their first siege of the city, uh, it's it's really funny. So the French start attacking one side and the Polish start attacking another. The Polish actually get through into the city and get to the middle of the city. And they think that they've won. But the French on the outside of the city don't come and follow up as backup. And they call the Poles out to to leave. And the Polish general is quoted as saying that the French are ca- are cowards <laughs> <laughs> for not coming in. A oh little insensitive, dude. Wow. The amount of miscommunication. <laughs> I know. It's it's so and I like I wonder what would have happened if the French actually had gone in at that point, but they didn't, and so the siege kept going, actually, and the French or the, the Spanish kept holding their ground after that uh mm. incident had happened. Don't you hate it when you're when your allies back out of a siege with you? Imagine right. imagine the dudes jumping out of the, the horse in Troy and then they're like, No, 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 come out, come out, come back out. Come back. <laughs> yeah. Come back. They're yeah, like, exactly. We snuck into a town. <laughs> yeah. They're like, No, 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 we're, we're we're retreating now. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so that happened. The French didn't come and back them up. Uh so the siege ended up lasting for weeks after that. So this is where Agostina de Aragon comes in. So the the siege started in late May. And a few weeks later, on June 15th, the French started attacking the Portillo Gate, which was one of the main gates to the city. Uh, And they start lines of Frenchmen with bayonets coming towards this gate. And supposedly there was just this hodgepodge little ragtag group of Spaniards uh, with old cannons defending the gate and so they were not really well prepared for these frenchmen coming in and attacking mm. uh, so there's this hodgepodge group of spanish and uh what ends up happening is a lot of them end up end up being killed like a lot of them are being shot at by the french a lot of them are dying and at this point enter agastina de aragon So she she comes in. She's not a soldier. She's just a random 22-year-old girl from Zaragoza. And she is arriving with a basket of apples to give to the Spanish soldiers. Hmm. Now, sources... Manzana. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Manzanas. Sorry, Duolingo came back for me for a second. A man of culture. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so... She arrives with this basket of manzanas and sources differ actually is about some of the details here as well. Some sources say that she was going to give them to her husband who was one of the soldiers. Others say that it wasn't a husband. It was a lover. Some say that it wasn't a husband or a lover. She was just there to give to just all the soldiers. Like it's not. It got got decreasingly romantic. (laughs) Maybe she was just going to go home and eat them all herself. (laughs) Well, yeah. So it's not. We're not really sure if it was her, like her husband was there or not. If she was married at this time or not. But some say that she did at least have a lover who was there, and she saw him get shot and killed at this (gasps) at this gate. 
And so a lot of these Spanish are killed and they start to retreat and run away. And they started to retreat before they had fired off their last round from the cannons. And so Augustina sees the Spanish retreating, sees the line of can cannons and the, the French coming towards them. She runs forward. She loads one oh. of the cannons and lights it. With an apple? No, this cannon was a grape shot cannon. Like what she loaded it with was a grape shot, which was pretty much like a bunch of smaller cannonballs. So it was designed so that when it's fired, they just come in out as like a spray of oh, cannon fire. Right? Absolutely yeah. named. Yeah. So she fires this and it's reported that almost the entire front line of the Frenchmen are killed from this one <laughs> shot. Dang. What? Jeez, the accuracy. <laughs> she goes, the men in this village are incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. She she was Wait, French. is she French now? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Wrong accent. <laughs> Whose side is she She's on? She's a double agent. <laughs> All the French are like, sacre bleu. <laughs> <laughs> I do to you what you do to us. Her Spanish lovers dying on the ground like, how could you? <laughs> Betrayal. No, no, she was not. She was not French. She was Spanish. Okay. So she fires. She kills all these Frenchmen. And the Spanish who are retreating see this. And it apparently rallies them together. And seeing her do this kind of bolsters their spirits. And they come back. And they successfully defend the gate after this. Wow. wow. Hmm. Hmm. So she becomes kind of famous in the war for this. Like she becomes known as like the Spanish Joan of Arc pretty much for, for this like rallying together of the troops and all that. Man, that's awesome. Wow. She was at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And, and, uh, and took the right opportunity for sure. Yeah. But that's not all. Actually, so so that's what she's most known for, especially in like Spanish culture. That's like her thing. Like she did that. She rallied the troops. She defended the gate. But she actually did more after that. And I, I think a lot of times it's overlooked uh, because of this first thing that she did. So at this point, she wasn't even a soldier, but eventually she does become a soldier. Uh, now, I, I should say, so the town itself uh, of Zaragoza was... Um, successfully defended during this siege but a year later in 1809 it does fall to the french mm. Uh, mm. so that's that's part of this whole french invasion of the peninsula they they're just sweeping through and taking these uh these cities but augustina herself does become a sub-lieutenant in the fighting against the french and she's eventually captured by the french and put into one of their prisons oh no and Sources differ on this as well. I don't know why sources differ so much, but they do. Some say that she was in there with her son. Wow. Some with her nephew. Yeah. And some with some random <laughs> guy some random she didn't even know. <laughs> it, it gets less and less familial, this one. This, yeah, no. Well, see, it's, that's kind of true. Some say it was her son. son some say it was one like a friend of hers, pretty much, was with her. Uh, okay. And uh, Typical. Yeah, right. <laughs> some say it was a guy that it would have never worked out with. <laughs> so she's there with this. Uh, I'll just go with friend. She was there with one of her friends, and she witnesses her friend being killed by the French guards in this prison. After she sees that, she decides that she doesn't want to be in this prison anymore. <laughs> so That was the point where she yeah. said she doesn't want to be in the prison anymore. <laughs> so she rallies together the other prisoners, and they have a prison coup, and they all escape. Wow. Oh, what, a, what a leader that she has all these moments where 
she leads a bunch of destitute people to right exactly yeah. yeah 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 it's like the in humanity's darkest moments she's like willing to hmm. rally everyone together she really doesn't like it when her friends are killed <laughs> yeah well so that's the thing is some people say that you know the first story of her shooting the cannon you know it was made up that it was her lover just to give it more of a like dramatic spin like oh she saw right. her lover die and then came and defended it and then again in the prison some say it was made up that it was her son to make it more dramatic and be like she saw her son die and blah blah, blah. so yeah you know it's debatable whether those you know ties were actually there but sure uh, e- either way she was you know a uh a very important figure in this war and she was looked up to by a lot of people for this. Neat. So after she escapes from the prison, she starts to take part in a lot of the guerrilla warfare that is going on and like these surprise attacks against the French troops. After the war, so, you know, Napoleon has his whole French people come in and they all have this big war and you know how that turns out, you know. <laughs> Napoleon, am I right? The Watergate scandal, am I right? <laughs> Typical. No, wait, Waterloo. Waterloo scandal. Watergate? <laughs> yeah. It's the word water, man. <laughs> but so, Augustina survives that whole time. You know, she doesn't die in the war. She ends up marrying a doctor afterwards and lives to the age of 71. And she dies in Spain. Uh, but the city of Zaragoza... After it had held the siege and it had fallen to the French in 1809, it's reported that its population in 1808 was 70,000 and in 1809 it was 12,000. Wow. Because hmm. of this like almost year-long siege of wow. the city. That's terrible. The sieges, I feel like a lot of people don't realize with how long and devastating they were. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not like just a movie where a giant army comes to the steps, they throw in a few catapult shots, and then they take over. Goes on months, sometimes years, and yep. people starve and usually give up or whatever. But. Well, a lot of times, so a lot of times the tactics for a siege is not even to fight. It's for an yeah. army to come and surround a city and cut off its supplies to the city. Mm. And so then the people inside are pretty much just starving to death and they have to surrender to the army. And that's what how a lot of sieges happen. Yep. Yeah. It's not easy to break a wall. I mean, even if cannons can make it happen, but even with cannons, it's not easy to, to right. break through certain walls. For right. sure. yeah. So you can see why the Polish were like, why are we retreating? <laughs> what's, a, what's a Polish accent? Kind of like why Russian, are we retreating? Why we are, are we retreating? You cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I like that when they say you ca- cowards, it's like Polish becomes French a little bit. Yeah. You cowards. <laughs> you cowards. <laughs> Call in the bear Wojtek. He'll take care of the war. Uh, yeah. No problem. So interesting about the Polish, actually. Agustina de Aragon is a, is a big, famous a figure in Poland as well, or at least for a time after the war it was hmm. in Poland. Hmm. Because the Polish, after this whole Napoleonic wartime, realized that they really should not have been allied with France. <laughs> I swear it all goes back to that castle mishap, man. <laughs> yeah, this was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and so they looked to Augustina as like one of the heroes who had opposed them as being like, here's an example of why we shouldn't have been in this war. Hmm. Wow, and so they kind of look up to her as well. I believe there was some kind of painting or statue or something of her in Poland as well. That's awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so. Well, good for them. Good I for mean, the Polish to like recognize the the valor of an opponent, right? I mean, yeah, that's that's right. kind of cool. I, yeah. So yeah, that's the story of Agustina de Aragon. Man, buen trabajo, um, Johnny. Thank you for yeah. for the story, man. Gracias. Muchas gracias. Cool. <laughs> 
So we're going to go ahead and come up with a song about her. James has his guitar. We're not going to beatbox this time. <laughs> we'll, so. we'll give it a go. I, I've tried some lyrics. These might not work very well, but we'll, uh, we'll see how it turns out, guys. So, wait, you've been taking notes this whole time? I have, yes. Yeah, I think by now we all realize that James is just going <laughs> to... He's only half listening to this. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> He's not actively <laughs> listening. He's I can't take notes on the story if I'm not listening to the story. <laughs> Unless it's like really vague kind of like lyrics that make no sense really. And it's just... <laughs> Dude, do your, do your t- uh, stereotypical Spanish riff that you always do. Can you make it Spanish? Oh, yeah. I'd have to change the tuning real quick. Let me try. Oh, yikes. Just changes the tuning. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, James, go ahead and do the song, my boy. All right. Napoleon would not stop or see. He wanted land, so he got frisky. <laughs> Worked with Spain, but he made them blue. He broke the deal of Fontainebleau. (laughs) Augustina came with apples. She loaded up the cannon, took the shot and set them running. Saved the day the French abandoned. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, James. It yeah. works. It works. Good one. <laughs> Never fail to impress. Wow. So, James, good job, man. That was funny. Oh. Okay. I wish we could fully produce that song. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yes. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> the first music I ever learned on guitar was um, Spanish music, actually. I don't know why. It just I, I ended up learning several songs, um, some like classic Spanish guitar music, and it was wow. it was kind of funny. So yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do something with that one day. Maybe one of our future songs we can bring yeah. that style back. That'd be fun. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of music, I do want to make a quick announcement for our audience. Oh, we will hmm. be releasing season one of the Unsung Heroes album, the songs from season one. Be the uh, Sung Heroes album. The Sung Heroes album. That's mm. right. Uh, so, you know, that'll include your classics, uh, you know, Mad Jack, Lady True, all of those, uh, from season one up until, (laughs) up until Norman Borlaug. Those will be coming out on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, whatever you listen to music on this Friday, May 1st. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. Keep an ear out for that. We will be posting about it on our social media. So follow us at the Unsung Heroes Podcast on Instagram. And go listen to our music, guys. Yeah. yeah Exciting. Yeah. I finally have it all in one location. I don't have to like skip Especially the end of the podcast. Johnny and James too. have put a lot of work into these songs, guys. So share with all your friends. Share with your share with your padres. Yes. Your parents. <laughs> yeah. Especially, especially your fathers. Yeah, especially your fathers. <laughs> share with your husband or your lover or just or, a person. Or just a guy. Or, <laughs> or, <laughs> just uh, listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, also we will be putting out some lyric videos on YouTube for those. So you can search for those. The first one will be Mad Jack Churchill. Uh, so keep an eye out for those two. We'll be posting about those on our social media, Unsung Heroes on Instagram. And yeah, anything else, guys? 
Uh, how about the apples? How about the apples? That's that's yeah. all I got. How do you say. like them apples? Ah, yeah. that's good. A manzana <laughs> a day keeps the French away. Am I right? Hey! Oh. Uh, you know what's funny? Augustina married a doctor, so the apples did not keep Ooh. the doctor away. Oh. <laughs> was it a doctor or just like a a regular acquaintance? <laughs> <laughs> she could save others from doctors, but not herself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys on the next one. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.